You're listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello once again to the Nutmeg Arena podcast or the TNA podcast as we call it. Myself Rithvik the host for the show and I'm joined today by Chris our co-host of the podcast. Welcome to the show Chris. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So we 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 been witnessing some good football in the Bundesliga recently and that is going to be the topic of discussion in this episode. We'll be talking about the the classic case that just happened yes yesterday and I mean this podcast will be out probably maybe a, a day or a, a two days later but yeah for us it's it just happened yesterday. It was a really really interesting game as well. We'll also talk about the Bundesliga top 4 race and a couple of play and on a couple of players as well so first probably we'll go with the classic air chris bayern beating borussia dortmund and probably sealing their eighth consecutive bundesliga title as well so what's your take on that Yeah, I agree. I can't. I can't see uh, Borussia Dortmund coming back into this now. Not with only six games left and being seven points behind, so that pretty much sealed the title for me last night. It's quite an even game, though. A uh, few few surprises with the starting lineup uh, for Borussia Dortmund. I think maybe injury, uh, slight injuries, played a key in that selection, or you would hope so anyway for Lucien Favre's sake. Uh, but other than goal, uh, pretty much even in terms of possession uh, and chances on goal and. And yeah, I, I didn't really see Dortmund coming back into the game after uh, Bayern Munich took the lead. I know they took the lead on the brink of half time, which is never ideal when you can see them goals. But I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel it in the second half for Borussia Dortmund. Don't know whether it was the lack of fans or maybe again the injuries. Uh, certainly to Haaland, who had to be substituted. Sancho coming on at half time maybe just disrupted their rhythm a little bit. But I just didn't, I just didn't, didn't feel Dortmund getting back into the game at any point. Yeah, and one more thing, like the first half was definitely really, really interesting. But when you compare it to the second, I mean, the second half was quite uh, dull. I would say, like compared to the first half, because in the first half probably Dortmund had a lot of openings as well. We saw Bayern as well probably take a pop at goal from from distance. Like I guess there was a shot from Lewandowski. There was yeah. Goretzka trying to shoot from range and. Ultimately, Joshua Kimmich got that wonderful goal. Probably, I, I guess Roman Bokey should have saved that because. Yeah. And, and and we saw Thomas Muller saying in the post-match con- uh, uh, interview as well that they knew that this was Bokey's weaknesses and they had talked about it. So that was a very uh, probably what's a well-planned goal, I, I I would say. And in the in the first half, we saw Holland get. Uh, probably one or two good openings where he could have maybe scored. Uh, Thorgan Hazard, Julian Brandt as well. But for me, the game kind of slipped away at halftime when Dortmund or Favre took off Julian Brandt and brought in Jadon Sancho. Probably. Taking off Julian Brandt probably was not the right idea. I guess probably you could have sacrificed Thorgan Hazard, although Hazard was probably a little better than Brandt in the first half. But probably in in my opinion, I I would have actually kept Brandt and substituted Hazard for. Sancho, that was one of the things that I think Favre got wrong. As for Bayern Munich, you saw with Hans, I mean Hansi Flick has been doing really well. His first game for, I mean his first game managing Bayern was against Dortmund, which he won again at the Allianz Arena earlier this season, and he's done a double over Dortmund and. Yeah, like I said, it's kind of sealed their eighth consecutive 
league title but if you look at the fixture list coming forward Bayern have Leip- sorry not Leipzig they have uh, Leverkusen Borussia Mönchengladbach and Wolfsburg on the final day of the season these three are probably quite tough I would say for Bayern and when you look at Dortmund's remaining six fixtures the only big challenge I see is Leipzig Uh, I guess that's probably the second last or third last game of the season. So that's probably the only big fixture I see. But we have a seven-point gap, which is probably really huge at this point of the season. But this is football and we never know what might happen. But do you really see an opening for Dortmund and Favre? No, not not in my if not in my opinion. I mean, you, t- you touched on a few notes there. Um, obviously, yeah, special mention for Hansi Flick and the job he's done in Bayern Munich. And maybe we'll switch on that second in a second uh, based on the, the short period of time, relatively speaking, how long he's been in the job. Uh, in regards to Dortmund, I think, and the actual game itself, what surprised me is the fact that he made that change. I mean, has that been confirmed why he made any changes at half-time? Was, what, was there an injury to Julian Brandt? What, what, I, I thought they were in the first half. They were very much in the game I didn't really see any need to actually make any changes at half time like, you, like, you've, like you've said there the game was quite open in the first half so it surprised me that I actually made a substitution but I didn't see the uh, the, the half time interval in terms of them speaking or liaising or anyone in a studio speaking I just uh, just watched uh, both 45 minute games so I don't know whether Was there an injury injury to Julian Brandt? Was that been, has that been confirmed? Uh, no, no, no. no. I, I, I don't, I don't think there was an, so, an injury. So, it was so a tactical move. Yeah, just, again, it surprised me because I don't know if you just brought Jaden Sancho on for the sake of bringing him on, uh, but that I don't want to say that sealed the game in Bayern Munich's favour. A game's never sealed at half time when it's one 0 But for me, they weren't the same. They didn't look like scoring a second half. And I don't know whether uh, credit should go to Bayern Munich, maybe for not closing up shop, but being well organised uh, and pressing intensely uh, throughout the game. Uh, or maybe it was a lack of lack of creativity on Dortmund's behalf, and maybe just Lucy and Favre getting it wrong. Uh, me, the second point that you raised regarding the actual title itself, I actually no, I, I feel it's dead and buried now. I'd be I'd be shocked if. Bayern Munich threw this away now I know you I know you, you have mentioned those fixtures the Leverkusen game especially well prior to last night's results of course uh, Leverkusen had won 11 games on the run uh, and those fixtures that you've mentioned would, would have definitely played a part uh, in the title race especially if Dortmund had won and they brought it back to just one point and I think Dortmund and I think probably most of uh, Leipzig by Leverkusen were actually hoping for a Dortmund victory themselves but no I, I don't I don't see I don't see it now because like you said Hansi Flick has done such a good job with this Bayern Munich team it, it, it's hard to really it, it's hardly it's hard to see them dropping points at the moment they are playing really well and I, I think they must be a bit They must be a bit disappointed that the Champions League is, uh, or things have happened reg- uh, regarding the Champions League as well. Because now that Liverpool are out of that tournament, I would have made Bayern Munich favourites to go uh, go on and win, uh, go on and win the Champions League as well, given the current form. Yeah, like like I said, countless number of times before, probably in our chats as well as well as probably in previous podcasts, Bayern probably were very very good against Chelsea they completely dominated them 
I don't think the 3-0 uh, scoreline was probably enough to signify the dominance they had over Chelsea in that game, the first leg of the Champions League uh, round of 16. And yeah, like you said, Flick was getting by and click and yeah, yeah, so he was getting he was getting things right at the right moment. It was probably a huge mess under Kovac, so yeah, so that's that's probably right. They might feel hard done if the Champions League doesn't resume because, like you said, they're really one of the favorites this season, considering yeah. the form and the improvements they've shown. And one more thing that Flick's really done well, or probably he should get a round of applause for, is the way he has revived certain plays. Jerome Boateng was probably seen as a washed-up central defender. But he's kind of found a small rhythm to his game and he's kind of stepped up a little. Thomas Muller was probably uh, probably thought of, uh, you know, getting binned. Like, uh, yeah. they, they, brought in, they yeah. brought in Philippe Coutinho in the summer yeah. and we, we all thought Muller was done. But 17 assists this season, which is magnificent from yeah. the, the German as well. And David Alaba moving into centre-back, Alfonso Davis the youngster who is actually a winger probably but he's playing at left back and he's been really really excellent yeah. probably well, he, probably arguably the best left back this season I would say yeah well he, start, he starts off as a winger hasn't he he started off as a winger now and he's probably yeah. one of the, he's probably one of, uh, one of Europe's most informed fullbacks yes uh, and and the changes that you meant there that Thomas Muller I think this has got to be one of his most productive seasons especially that assist I was quite uh, during the break uh, break from football and I was catching up on uh, various stats as you do you sat at home you're bored and you're looking you always tend to look through the leagues that you follow most and Bundesliga being mine and I had to double check that because I couldn't, couldn't quite believe and I was like Thomas Muller considering that this is a player who's been labelled by various managers as being sort of better off the ball than what he has been on the ball so he's had a remarkable uh, return of assists uh, in 17 but I think I think the most notable thing for me by Munich I've done since it's like they've got the precision the precision back. It's like the, under Kovac they I think they and you could all, you could also argue the same. Uh, you go right back to when Guardiola left the club. They've sort of lost their identity between Guardiola leaving the club and now. So you had Hank Hankers in there. You've had Ancelotti in there. Uh, you've had Kovac in there, and it was sort of like didn't really they got sort of caught between styles it's like the club themselves as well off the pitch didn't really know what they wanted and you can tell that with the managerial appointments I think Kovac was very very much a sort of focused focused on out of possession organisation what, what they've done without the ball I think that showed at Anfield last season in the Champions yeah. League um, yeah. and again since Flick uh, has come in it's very much focusing on possession high pressing uh, and dominating games again which is what we which Bayern Munich were under Guardiola and why they dominated the league and possibly uh, should have won the Champions League or two in that time Correct. so I think yeah I think given given the fact that he only came in as assistant manager okay I think we all knew in the summer when he was appointed assistant manager he went Nico Kovac's choice to be assistant the writing was on the wall for him and what was going to happen uh, throughout the season or so at some point during the season if Kovac and Bayern Munich had the, had the start which they ultimately did 
uh, that Hansi Flick would come over. But I don't think anyone would have guessed how quickly he got this team and got the players on board playing the way they have. Yep, and we've actually talking about Thomas Muller as well. We finally got the round debtor back, like he's called yeah. in in Germany. So yeah, Thomas Muller is back, and we see Robert Lewandowski doing what he does best, even at the age of 31. So yeah, yeah they, they they're really on top. And we'll move on from the classic here now, probably to the top four race in the Bundesliga. Which is again really tight, and th- there are a lot of criticisms when it comes to leagues like the Bundesliga, the Serie A, Ligue 1, etc. Especially if you open social media, you see Premier League fans, La Liga fans, probably getting at these leagues because they they think these leagues are incompetent, incompetent because of the way one particular club dominates or yeah. win the title. Oh, yeah. But if you look at it from an overall perspective, I would say it's completely Bundesliga is completely unpredictable because uh, honestly speaking. I, I guess this probably is the year uh, where I watch Bundesliga the most ever in my yeah. life this this season, and I've seen a lot of unpredictable unpredictability and fast football as well. And I, I see a lot of people blaming the defense recently, but I would say the defense is much better in the Bundesliga than what we are seeing right now. I mean, what we are seeing right now is probably. The outcome of the 60 to 65 days break the teams have had. So as they come into shape, I think things will start getting more competitive as well. Yeah, I think. I mean, I've never understood that argument, uh, especially from over in this country when people argue. Obviously, the Premier League is the best best league in the world because in Italy and in I'll just use Italy and Germany being the main examples because they've had Juventus and Bayern Munich win it for the last eight seasons uh, that that makes our league or the Premiership better because the, the Premiership argument is that oh, well we have multiple winners but if you would have took Bayern Munich especially under Guardiola and put them in the Premiership they would have won it the Premiership every year as well so It, it's it's not a it's not a good argument for the Premiership to say oh well our league's better than yours because you're the same team wins it but yeah the same team wins it because they're that good it's not because it's not because the rest of the league are bad it's because that team is Absolutely. that good so yeah. again it it's it's not a very good argument it's just it's two different leagues I mean another one as well is I was looking at some stats the other day is the German league for this for the last decade. Uh, has had 3.5 goals per game, averages 3.5 goals per game, and a Premiership. I, I'm not sure if the Premiership came second with 2.8 or it came third with 2.5. Uh, now, given the fact that the Premiership is, and I'll put quotation mark around it, the most entertaining league in the world, well, what what are they basing that on? Because surely football football entertainment is based on goals, and if the Bundesliga is outscoring it, then that would make that the most entertaining league in the world. But I mean, I mean, that's an argument for a different show, isn't it? A different pod altogether. That one, that absolutely, yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah, we will probably talk about that probably yeah. in, a, in, a, in a short video separately because yeah, that, yeah, is, that is yeah. that is that is one hell of an interesting topic or yeah. probably I should say a debate because we'll we'll see both sides of the argument yeah. as well. So. And just for anyone listen, that's not for me knocking the Premiership. <laughs> in any way, that's just—it's just—it's <laughs> just different arguments and different points of view that don't really get made in this sort of which league is best. I just don't believe you can hold 
Germany uh, and uh, the, the quality in Germany and in Italy down just because they have the same winner. I don't really think that is a valid argument. I think there's more points to be considered. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And coming coming on to the top four top four spots in the Bundesliga, probably Bayern. Bayern are probably the champions. Like we said, are, might probably be the champions. I would say. Yeah. So you look at the th- second, third, and fourth place. We have four teams probably competing for these three places. Uh, I guess the si- sixth place Wolfsburg are probably probably out of the top four race. I would say because they are already eleven points behind. Fifth yeah. place. Fifth place by Leverkusen, and yesterday's loss for Leverkusen was probably a big hit for them. A win could have probably seen them go above Gladbach, who actually had a draw yesterday, and also Leipzig, who are I guess right now they are tied at one one all. One, with Hertha, it, yeah. Hertha Berlin. Oh no, two one up they are. Oh, so yeah, the game's changed probably while we yeah, recorded. Yeah. Then yeah, so I Dortmund, Leipzig. Man. Oh, oh, that's 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 mm-hmm. quite weird as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so Dortmund, Leipzig, Gladbach, and Leverkusen are the four teams who are competing for the remaining three Champions League spots. It's it's very really close between them. Dortmund are just three points ahead of third place Leipzig, and fifth place Leverkusen are just four points behind Dortmund. So that yeah. shows that shows the whole picture. So it's really tight there. It's probably Marco Rosa's first season with Gladbach, and which which he's done a really really amazing job. Job uh, I I was discussing with uh, Derek Ray in the last last podcast where you might have heard him say about Rosa as well, and uh, I've also seen you, Chris, probably praise Rosa a lot. And uh, I mean, out of these four teams, who do you think might make the Champions League probably for next season? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, all clubs deserve a special mention, and given given the points tally, um, you can't rule any any of them out. Before last night's results, I I, I would have said Leverkusen uh, would definitely would have definitely done it. I mean, they'd won eleven games on the spin, and the the break didn't seem to affect them in any way they came they basically started after the break very much the way they finished it uh, Kai Havertz was playing well playing in a false nine role as well which is something new uh, for him seems to uh, that kid just seems to be able to do anything at the moment so Leverkusen would have been that I mean but that last that result last night was 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 shocking not just not just the actual uh, final score but the actual way it was done I mean uh, it, it really worked. It really did open my eyes. Uh, Leipzig, I think, are definitely out of the title race. Uh, I would, I, I didn't really think they were in it anyway before yesterday's results. And Dortmund again for me. You want? I don't think they're guaranteed second place. I think, I think they'll fin- definitely finish in the Champions League places. But I think it's, I think Borussia Mönchengladbach will miss out on the Champions League places, and then it's a race for second between Leipzig, Dortmund, and Leverkusen. But that'll be depending on how uh, quickly Leverkusen get over yeah. last night's results. But I think they've got the that's, players that's, to actually uh, yeah, that, for that to be just a, just a minor setback. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a big call from you, especially because if you look at the fixture list, I guess Gladbach doesn't have a huge one apart from probably Bayern and I guess they have Schalke as well if I recall it right but if you look at Leverkusen they have Bayern they have Schalke 
and they have an inform Hertha Berlin. I would say they were quite yeah. me- messy under Jurgen Klinsmann, but since Klinsmann left, I think they've kind of not just after Klinsmann left. I would say probably since uh, football resumed, they've been quite good. Uh, I, w- I was really shocked. To see Hertha scored three goals on, on the opening weekend after the return. Yeah. yeah, so and if you look at Gladbach, they have Bayern and Wolfsburg, not Schalke, Bayern, Wolfsburg, and also Hertha Berlin. So, yeah, so probably I might also agree with you because they've got quite a tough set of fixtures compared to uh, Leverkusen. And if you look at Leipzig, they have a good set of fixtures apart from Dortmund. They picked up, I guess, um, 18, 18 out of 18 points, or, or was it 17? Probably, I, I don't uh, recall that exactly. But yeah, they had a really good uh, run in, in in their first games against uh, the, the the teams that they're going to face next. So for me, Leipzig, Dortmund, and it, it's tough to pick between Gladbach and Leverkusen. Uh, I am kind of. A little biased towards Gladbach because I've enjoyed them more. I, I also like Leverkusen. No, no, no disrespect yeah. or nothing there. No, no hard feelings there. I love Leverkusen. <laughs> I love how I, I love Kai Havertz as well a lot. So, but it's hard to choose from there. But I would like to see Gladbach finish in the top four spot just because of the way they played this season and the way they have completely. The way they completely changed their club structure during the course of the summer as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, I mean you, you can special mention for the managers and the jobs that they've done. I think with Leipzig, I think Nagelsmann. I think it was pretty much expected. I think given the fact that he's one of the young uh, Europe's most so not sought after because everyone is only just joining, but he's certainly most spoken about managers. Definitely. Uh, definitely one of the best around at the moment in terms of tactical trends in terms of uh, the way he sets up his team tactically and the, uh, the way they're so versatile tactically as well so uh, I think they're doing pretty much what everyone expected them to do uh, I think they've been they would probably find themselves a bit more in a title race than what they actually thought they were going to be as well uh, and it probably it was only the two draws after when they beat Schalke from 5-0 in February and then they drew with Leverkusen and, and then Wolfsburg uh, two games on the spin I think that basically ended the sort of title race I think then they were too reliant on uh, both Dortmund and Bayern Munich slipping up uh, Leverkusen the job that Peter Bosch has done I mean this is don't forget this guy was massively written off after what happened to to him at Dortmund uh, and he basically there was question marks regarding this not just from Leverkusen fans but from basically the media within German football whether it's football was actually feasible. He just considered it too sort of high risk. Uh, very much uh, a total football philosopher, but right, right to the point. He's, more, he's probably more creep than any manager out there at the moment. So, uh, but to actually see him slightly change it around and learn from the mistakes that he made at Dortmund, uh, to actually see the football, uh, see Leverkusen doing. I mean, doing what they're doing up until again I'll repeat myself up until last night's results uh, is very good I, I believe from an attacking point of view I think they'll just they'll score more goals than what Bruce Munch and Gladbach sorry my apologies Bruce Munch and Gladbach will and that's why I feel 
I feel that they are legit. Uh, another thing worth pointing out is because, like like you've mentioned, the the fixtures. I haven't really paid too much attention to the running in terms of the fixtures because what we're going through at the moment is quite well. It hope, hopefully never happen again in terms of not having fans at the stadiums and not having and playing in that sort of non-atmosphere situation you just don't home or away whether you're home or away doesn't yeah. really count anymore it's sort of unprecedented what we're doing what, what we're going through at the moment so when I'm looking I'm, I was like I was like you when I, when I was looking uh, looking at the the running following last night's results and I was thinking oh, like you said oh, well Bayern have got Leverkusen and uh, Dortmund have got this and and I was thinking, it doesn't really matter <laughs> because we 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 just don't know yeah. what what kind of effect not not playing uh, playing at home or playing uh, away with no fans actually does. And I think that that makes it more exciting. But again, for me, that's why I don't feel while uh, that the I don't feel any of these are in the title race now. Yep, that that is also a really uh, good point that you made. Uh, probably I was probably uh, like I kind of took it that I mean completely put that particular part of the fixtures aside. The the, fa- the fan impact probably like um, yeah. That, that's what well, I'm I, I, I could be yeah I could be completely wrong with it. It could be completely the other way. It might it might be down to. Again, that, that that was yeah. It could just come down solely now to to quality. It might not do. It might come now down to sort of maybe the man the mental aspect of each individual player. We 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 just don't know. That's why it was sort of it was hard. Normally, again, like like yourself, there you can sort of look at the future fixtures, can't you? And sort of second guess where the all oh, right. Well, that's three points there, or, or they're definitely going to be good for a point there, and. And then you can mathematically work out. All right, well, yeah, actually, Dortmund could have a chance here. But for me, I've gone the other way. I think because of the no fan situation, I think I I I just think yeah, I I think Bayern will just run away with it now and maybe maybe increase their lead. Yep, that that yeah. looks very likely. That looks very likely as well. And yeah, that probably not not probably and that brings us to the end of this episode it has been a pleasure talking to you Chris once again and to all the listeners as well this is probably you can see this as a beginning because we will be back with an episode next week Absolutely. we will be doing we will be doing an episode every week from now on which will probably give you more nice and amazing content along the way we'll talk about different aspects we'll talk about probably the history of the game as well we'll we'll kind of mix up with the topics if you have suggestions for us you can also drop them in we will also be bringing in some special guests onto the podcast and you can you can soon hear some amazing guests as well and we we will not reveal who that is but (laughs) I really want you to know that you are really going to be excited when you hear the name so yeah and good talking to you Chris once again I guess yeah. this 
Yeah, this was probably uh, a short one, and we covered most of the aspects here. So, thank you. Always a again. privilege. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. Always a privilege. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, thank you to all our listeners once again for tuning in. Until next episode. Goodbye.